Welcome back to the Physicians Helping Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Mudge Riley. I changed careers back in the early 2000s, and I found it difficult to find credible, reliable resources to help me. So once I successfully transitioned to a non-clinical career, I made it my mission to help other physicians who were looking at a possible non-clinical or non-traditional career, whether part-time, full-time, or just diversifying their career with a non-clinical side gig. And I'm here with our next guest today. And I think that all of those who have been wondering about medical writing and considering maybe dipping their toe in the water or maybe are already doing a little bit, but, but really want to do more, you guys are going to love this podcast because I'm talking to someone who is an expert. She has spoken mm -hmm. at numerous conferences. She's written a book, which we'll talk about. She is a superstar. So hi, Mandy. How are you? Hi, Michelle. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for the very kind words. I, I feel a little flattered right now. <laughs> well, Dr. Mandy Armitage is with us today to tell us a little bit about what led up to her transition, what she's doing now, and then how you might be able to do a little bit more of what she's doing. So let's just get started with, you know, tell us a little bit about what brought you to medical writing and even your specialty and kind of everything that, that got you here. Sure. I will give you the quick version because I don't <laughs> want anyone to get bored. Um, I trained in uh, PM&R as my primary specialty, and then I did subspecialty training in fellowship as um, non-operative sports medicine. So, you know, as I was going through the PM&R residency, um, I realized that I, you know, really gravitated toward musculoskeletal medicine. So sports medicine kind of made sense. Um, and after that, I, I did go into practice I joined an orthopedic group and, um, you know, just finally realized at the end of the day that this was not going to be a career that was sustainable for me, meaning clinical practice. You know, I had hints here and there all along. And I just kind of, you know, pushed them aside thinking, you probably hear this a lot, right? You push them aside thinking, oh, it'll get better once I'm in fellowship. It'll get better once I'm in practice. It'll get better. It'll get better. Well, it doesn't get better. And then you start to see, you know, kind of the, the, the sneaky parts of medicine that nobody really tells you about. And then you, and then it kind of finally hits home. No, this is not going to be what I want to do for you know, the rest of my career. Um, you know, despite all the training and, and all that stuff. So um, I ended up, um, I worked with a career coach who helped me, helped me sort of rediscover my love of writing. I, um, I, I was into writing um, a little bit as an undergrad. I did a few writing projects during my training, um, both in residency and fellowship. And that's, and she just helped me realize that that was something that I could pursue. At the time, as I was looking for other options, I had no idea what medical writing even was. I didn't know that was a career option. So it made sense to kind of marry this love of writing with a medical degree and, and you know, put both of those things to good use. And I left practice in 2012 and I've been doing this ever since, um, you know, in, in various forms, but I've been basically in medical writing since 
2012. So here we are. Yeah. Gosh, almost a decade now. Yeah. I know. Gosh, don't say that makes me feel old. (laughs) (laughs) Not old experienced. That's great. Experienced. There you go. Exactly. (laughs) What other non-clinical careers did you consider? Um, I, I looked, I looked a lot into pharma, um, MSL. I looked at, um, what else had I looked at? I looked at some, um, you know, UM type stuff. I actually, when I, when I started doing, um, medical writing, I, I did some case reviews and, and things like that. Um, and I just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it very much. Um, I mean, it was, it was writing in a sense, right. And that, in the sense that you you review a case and you you give your opinion on it, but um, I, I didn't enjoy it quite as much. So um, I and I didn't have a lot of research experience either. Well, I mean, I should say I had zero research experience. So I felt like that kind of pushed a lot of things out of the realm of possibility for me. Looking back, I realized that that was probably a mistake, but um, you know, luckily I settled on medical writing and it's been a really good fit for me. Mm-hmm. So how did you know that medical writing was that magic? Had you done some writing, public, published things? What, what kind of got you to talking about this with your career coach? I, well, I entertained the idea of um, getting into writing as an undergrad. And I actually, you know, one of my instructors had approached me about potentially pursuing it as a career because, you know, he noticed that I um, was actually quite good at it. And then um, in, in this whole discovery process and working with a career coach, I went back to my time in um, residency and fellowship, fellowship specifically because I wrote a couple of book chapters in my fellowship. And, um, you know, I had, a, I had a great program director and he, he gave me the time to, I think it was a half day a week, maybe in fellowship to dedicate time to those book chapters. And <laughs> I, would, I would find that those days were, were my best days. I really, I loved those days more so than, you know, being in spine clinic or, or whatever it was. So that was, I mean, that was, that was probably the biggest clue. Yeah. I think sometimes going back to some of the things that inherently give us joy are clues as to what you might want to do long-term. And it's not always that simple. I mean, you have to monetize. So if you love dog walking, I guess you can monetize that, but luckily medical writing is one of those things that you can make a career out of. So, all right, great. So then how did you get to the point where you're like, okay, I am leaving and I'm going to do this medical writing. So it's not quite so easy as to just do that. And then all of a sudden you're making money and you have a job or a career. So kind of walk us through what you did to get to the point where you knew you can do this as your job. Sure. So I came across a writing course that um, was geared towards folks with advanced degrees. So physicians, PharmDs, folks with med- veterinary degrees, um, dentists, what have you. And it was, it was, um, that sort of made it an easier um, decision to make in that, 
you know, there was just sort of like that light bulb. Oh, okay. This, this is, this is possible. And oh, other people are doing it. So it must be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It must be feasible, right? So I decided to take the course to see if in fact, medical writing, number one, still made me enjoy writing. And number two, um, if, if I, if I picked it up quickly, right. If I found that I was, you know, decent at it, I, I thought then I could definitely make the switch. So I started in the course at that time, it, it, it was pretty quickly apparent that this was something that was going to be a good fit for me. So then I, you know, gave my notice, started seeing fewer and fewer patients each day, and then just kind of made the leap. Um, I, after I finished the writing course, I, I established my freelance medical writing business and just kind of dove in head first. Um, looking back on it, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of shocked that I did make the leap um, so suddenly uh, because I tend to be sort of risk averse, but it, it worked out. So here we are. Yeah. You know, that's funny. I can relate to that as well. Looking back, I think, wow, who is that dumb young woman who made all these really risky decisions, but yet, yeah, it worked out. And so I think we kind of get to the point where it's just like, there's no choice. It's Mm -hmm. just not working. Is that sort of where you were? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember my husband saying, you know, because I was kind of waffling like, oh, this is such a big decision. Should I do it? You know, am I going to go broke? Mm -hmm. And he said, you can't keep doing what you're doing. He said, you're miserable and you, it's, you just can't keep doing it. It's not going to work. And he was right. I agree with you 100% what you're saying, Michelle, that it just, you get to a point where you, you have to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you make that decision, you are starting your business and it is interesting in that it isn't just medical writing, but you are also an entrepreneur and you're a business owner. So how difficult is that? Because you don't just get to write all day. You have to manage your business. Is that a piece of this that um, you feel like you can guide people a little bit on? Yes, that's a great question. And it it comes up quite a bit because it is, I I mean, if you talk to medical writers, no matter how experienced or seasoned, I think all of us struggle a little bit with that balance. How much time do you devote to all of the, what we call non-billable things, all of the things that you can't, you know, get reimbursed for. So how much time do you devote to your, to your website, uh, networking on LinkedIn, all of those things versus doing the actual billable work, that's, you know, your income. So I wouldn't say there's a right answer. It's going to be different for everyone. And of course, it's going to depend on where you are in your career, meaning, you know, newer, less experienced writers are going to need to spend more time marketing themselves to get new clients and networking and that kind of thing. Um, But I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it it does, it's, it certainly was an issue early on. Um, I struggled with it a lot because like I said, I just, you know, I went in head first. Um, 
I, when I speak with other physicians who are interested in medical writing and they ask, you know, is freelance writing something I can do sort of on the side as I'm winding down my clinical practice? And I say, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I kind of wish I would have done that myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it, it was a struggle. And I will say the course I took, the writing course I took, it had a component that was dedicated to how to start a freelance business. So there was some guidance in that regard. I wasn't, you know, just kind of going into it blindly. I did have a plan after taking that course, but it was still daunting nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all these little things that we don't realize when we're getting into it. And I mean, there's no choice, but to figure it out. So, and you have very, very well. So as you are growing your business and you're doing medical writing, can you speak to the different, um, I guess, formats or how do you get paid in terms of what you're doing? Do you do fiction writing? Do you do regulatory writing, technical writing? Do you write patient brochures? I know people who are interested in medical writing are often overwhelmed with all the options. Do you do a little bit of all of that? So can you speak to that a little? Yes, of course. And that is right. I think people that are new to medical writing are a little bit surprised by um, the breadth of the field, how many options there are. Um, I personally don't do any fictional writing. I don't do any regulatory writing. I find that these days where I spend most of my time is writing for patients, um, mostly content on either educational platforms or websites. And also CME work. I still enjoy writing for a clinician audience as well. So those are kind of the two areas where I spend most of my time. And I would say people tend to gravitate towards either what they love or what they already have experience with, Mm -hmm. right? Someone who's had a lot of um, experience doing clinical trial work, research work, will um, probably gravitate a little bit more towards the publication side of things, right? Writing manuscripts, getting them ready for a journal article publication. Um, whereas I've noticed, and this is completely anecdotal, I've noticed a lot of folks in primary care who spend a lot of time educating their patients on certain, um, chronic health conditions, for example, or, or, you know, medication use will gravitate towards, uh, writing for patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that too. And is there a way to understand what all of the options are when you're thinking about going into medical writing? Sure. Um, I, um, I often recommend uh, for folks that are new to medical writing that they either join or at, at the very least browse the website of American Medical Writers Association, because mm-hmm. they've got a, they've got a lot of pages that are just, you know, kind of quick medical writing 101 pieces, right? These are the types of medical writing and just very introductory information. But I think that's a good place to start to understand the different types of medical writing. Um, In the book that I just um, self-published, I go into those types of writing a little bit deeper if someone's interested in learning a little bit more about those types. Um, but certainly the American Medical Writers Association is a good place to start to learn about those different areas. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. They, they have a nice comprehensive site and a mm-hmm. little bit of everything to kind of get you started and pointed in the right direction. Right. 
So writing your book, wow, it, it is a big undertaking. Talk about that a little bit. Was it was it hard? Was it harder to write kind of as an author than it is to do the other medical writing that you do? Not in this instance, mm. but I think that's only because the content of the book is what I've, it's basically just a brain dump of what <laughs> I've been <laughs> coaching other aspiring medical writers on over the past, however many years, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it's, 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 and it sounds kind of funny to say that, but it's so true. It's just all of the content that I've been telling people, um, over and over again for, for the last several years when physicians or, you know, not even physicians, sometimes it's, um, PAs, NPs, pharmacists, whoever it is that comes to me and says, I'm considering leaving clinical practice. How do I get into medical writing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just and not to say that it's the same conversation every single time, because obviously there are nuances, um, but it's just um, the collection of all that information that I just decided, you know, it's time to put this in a book because, you know, if somebody doesn't want to talk to me or if somebody has additional questions, maybe a book is a better format for some of those people. So um, in that regard, no, it was not difficult to write (laughs) because it's, you know, it's pretty familiar to me. Now, if you asked me to write another book, yeah, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably struggle for a minute. Interesting. Yeah. So do you want to write another one or do you feel like this is good? No, I do. I do. Um, I think there's a bit of a bug. Yeah, I've gotten bitten by the book writing bug, but it is <laughs> such an undertaking that um, I- I'm okay with resting for a minute <laughs> until the next one. When, when does your book come out? Oh, it's already out. It's available on Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble, Apple, um, Kobo. Gosh, of course now I'm forgetting the other digital outlet, but it's it's available. So. Okay. Okay. So how can people find you and the book? What's the best way for people to start just like learning more about you and the book? Sure. Um, well, obviously, you know, you can, you can search on Amazon, but if you go to my website, which is armitagemedicalwriting.com, there's a page there dedicated to the book. So you can, you know, read a little bit more about the book and then it's got links to all the available retailers where it can be bought. Perfect. So, so what would you say is the biggest obstacle to being a medical writer? What do you hear from, from people? I hear from people now, keep in mind, I hear from a lot of folks who are just starting out. Um, I would say that the biggest obstacle is landing your first couple of freelance writing gigs. Mm. And it's, and I feel like this is true for a a, a lot of a lot of areas of employment, not just medical writing, but it's always the question of how do I get a job when the job requires experience? Yeah, right. I don't how how do I get the job without the experience? How do I get the experience without the job? So it's sort of that you know chicken or egg conundrum. Um, and there's there's no right answer. Um, sometimes it just boils down to 
picking what you want to write. For example, if you want to write patient education information, just write, create your own samples, right? They don't have to be published anywhere or available online. Just start writing and that'll get you somewhere. Yeah. I, I think that's great advice because yes, you are often asked for samples of your writing or examples of your writing. And that's where people get tripped up, I hear as well. Yes. It's nice to know it's just as easy as creating something. You don't have to get paid thousands of dollars to use it as a sample. Right, right. Or get creative with what your samples could be. Um, you know, you talk to a lot of physicians and, and some of them do writing already, even though they don't think about it as a sample of their work. For example, um, you know, if you ask a physician, have you ever written for your hospital newsletter or have you ever written anything for your state medical association or something? And a lot of times they'll say, oh, yeah, you know, it's a few years ago, but I've done something. And it's like, yes, gra grab onto that and just, you know, run with it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so another piece of this is, do you continue on with freelance medical writing or do you take a job because I know that there are plenty of medical writing jobs as well. Yes. And so what's been your experience with just the two different options? Sure. So I did have a couple of employed positions and I learned a lot. I learned so much in those settings. And I think there's something to be said for that. Um, I know a lot of people are hesitant to take some of the jobs, for example, like in a, at a medcoms agency where you're doing a lot of um, contract work for like pharmaceutical companies or device companies because um, the entry-level pay is, I think, a little bit lower than what folks are ready to accept. And that's totally understandable, right? I mean, that's an individual decision to be sure. But for, in my experience, I was so early on that I was willing to take that pay cut and I'm glad I did because, like I said, it was such a learning experience. Um, and it's just, and it's not just about the writing experience, it's the experience of working with folks outside of the clinical setting, yeah. um, learning about project management skills, learning new software, even. It's just so invaluable. Um, so I'm glad I did that. But like I said, it's such an individual decision. Some people are just um, very determined to, you know, be their own boss. And I totally respect that. Um, if that's what you want to do, then freelance is the way to go. On the other hand, sometimes taking an employed physician position will allow someone um, maybe possibly to have better success as a freelance writer down the road because you've made those connections in the industry. So it's, it's highly, it's variable. It's variable. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's very individualized. I love that perspective. And it is so true in that there's really no right or wrong. They both offer pros and cons and exactly. maybe depending on where you are in your life, your needs, where, you know, personal and professional, Absolutely. one might be right for you for a while. And then the other one's more right for you. So that's exactly. great. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what advice as we wrap up, would you give to those who are interested in medical writing? What's the first step, or if they've already taken a few of those first steps and kind of run into some of these obstacles, what do they do now? 
Yeah, that's, that's the question I hear the most. What do I do? I know I want to do this, but how do I get started? So I would say for someone who's really just starting out, get familiar with the landscape first. You know, you and I talked about this, that there are so many different types of medical writing mm -hmm. and they, each one might not be suitable for everyone. Um, and they, you know, there's a different path to take if you want to get into regulatory writing versus how to get into CME writing. So I think just understanding the landscape is probably the, the first step. I also highly, highly recommend taking some kind of course to improve your writing skills, but it also kind of layers on to that first step of understanding the lay of the land, right? If you take an introductory course, for example, um, the, you know, the course I took or the, the American Medical Writers Association has um, basic courses that you can take and it's, you can kind of look at it as like an introductory session into the world of medical writing in that, okay, you're gonna practice writing um, needs assessments for CME, and you'll also get some practice writing for patients and, you know, so on down the line. So that can be a good way to not only familiar, familiarize yourself with each type of medical writing, but also to see like, which, which one of those are, are you good at? You know, maybe you think you're going to be, you want to be a regulatory writer, but then you get into it and you think, oh no, this is maybe too dry for me. So let me try something else. So I think those are probably the two most important starting steps is just, you know, sort of understanding medical writing a bit more at a higher level. And then two, um, diving in a bit more and um, improving your skills, um, you know, just in terms of getting better at writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are great. How does one go about researching the different courses that are out there? Did you just Google something or is there a site where you can find all these different courses? You know, as far as I know, um, and if, you know, if any of your listeners can correct me on this, please do. I don't think that there is one central repository of where you can find all of the courses. Mm -hmm. There is, um, a chapter in my book where I, I basically just put them all into a table um, because over the years I've been sort of listening. I've had my ear to the ground, understanding, you know, who's taking what courses and what people are saying about them. Um, so I kind of collected them all into one place, but I don't think there's anywhere, anywhere online that you can find a list of all of the courses. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of where we're at with all this non-clinical stuff. It's, it's difficult to know what's credible information and what's still accurate and timely. There are things that no longer exist that maybe you and I did or right. helped us. And so, yeah, I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think people should definitely check out your book if they're interested in medical writing and get more information. You've done it. You've walked the walk and so that's awesome that you took the time to put it into a book. It's, I mean, it's just so helpful. Some people, that's the medium that they prefer, especially as doctors, right? We just want to right. book. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Just let me get the book. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Mandy, thank you so much for your time today. This has been great. And um, I've really enjoyed learning more about you and your journey. And I know the listeners are really appreciative of your time. So thank you so much. 
Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for also having this podcast and, and helping people as well. Because, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but there, there are, even though there isn't one central place to get everything, there are so many resources available now, more so than, you know, when we made the transition. So thank you for, for adding to that. Oh, absolutely. All right, Mandy, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, thank you so much for being with us today. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review. This helps others find the podcast and be able to enjoy it and to get the information that is so needed for so many physicians. Thank you again. We appreciate you. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this Physicians Helping Physicians podcast. If you are jazzed up after listening to this, hit that subscribe button or check out more at Physicians Helping Physicians, www.phphysicians, with an S on the end, dot com. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you.